This is a download from the wireless theatre company Mince Pie Murder by Chantal Scholl. It's Christmas Eve at the Grobenthwaite's. The Christmas tree is up and ready. The presents are all wrapped and waiting. Oscar is enjoying a glass of brandy and reading his newspaper, sitting in his favourite armchair. His wife, Josephine, is adding the final touches to the Christmas tree when she suddenly notices that something important is missing. For God's sake, Josephine, I nearly lost my hearing there. What devil is riding you? Well, can't you see, Oscar? My star has disappeared. Can we just buy a new one? A new one? A new one? No new star could ever replace my heirloom. The only token I have of a lost family in a faraway land. Luxembourg isn't that far. We can go visit if we must spend money on a holiday. No, Oscar. It would only bring back painful childhood memories. And it wouldn't bring back my golden star. I'm going to phone the police. Yes, hello? I'd like to report a theft. Yes, very valuable indeed. A star made of pure gold. Yes, I'll be here. Thank you. Goodbye. I heard someone scream. Probably you, Josephine. Is anything the matter? Yes, Myrtle. But I doubt you'll appreciate the gravity of my loss. Her Luxembourgish star seems to have been nicked, Aunt Myrtle. There, there. Have a cup of tea. That'll help. I don't fancy tea right now. Well, I've just made some eggnog. Have that instead. I've just made this gorgeous Christmas cake. Looks good, doesn't it? Yes, lovely. Is everyone all right? Don't worry your pretty head, Sherry. It's all under control. Police have been called. I had a bit of a shock, but no one here seems to appreciate it. She's misplaced her treetop decoration. What did you say? Have your eggnog, Josephine. That'll make you better. Sherry, could you go back upstairs to the children? I don't want them following you and traipsing in here. And keep their voices down. I need to be able to think. Yes, Mrs. Gorbenfay. Sorry to have bothered you. Oscar, darling, could you? Yes, yes, I'll get it. Ah, it's Ken again. Ken the courier. Hello, ladies. I have a parcel for Mrs. Grothenbait. Another one? What did you order this time? Oh, just a few more decorations. The tree is looking bare this year. To me, it seems more crowded every time I look at it. Good day, ladies. I expect I'll be around again soon. No offence, but I rather hope not. My, what a lovely ruby colour those baubles are. Royal raspberry, actually. Now, dears, I have decided we will rehearse my new nativity show in a little while. Today? Yes, dear, of course. We have to do it today. In time for tomorrow. It is, after all, Christmas Day 
tomorrow. Please, Aunt Myrtle, can we skip it this year? I'm feeling a little tired. Stop drinking so much brandy, then. That's making you sleepy. I think I might need the brandy. I can't possibly rehearse a nativity scene now. I've broken hearted about my lost star. And I have a million other things to do and think about. Vinnie should arrive any moment as well. Perfect! He can be Joseph. He's the best looking out of you lot. Thanks. I know you two are half-brothers, Oscar. But Vinnie's American dad must have been one hell of a stud. Because your mother really wasn't anything much to look at, bless her. Shame I never had children. I'm certainly much more blessed in the looks department than your poor old mother. Bless her. I still don't understand how she could manage to seduce not just one man, but two. I wish you had just a fraction of tact, Myrtle. Let's round up my actors. Cherry! Cherry! Yes? Put the children to bed for a while and come downstairs. And bring a doll. Right, Cherry. You're Mary. Who am I, then? You could be a shepherd or a sheep. Which do you prefer? I'm offended. You'll be the sheep. So stand there on all fours. Oscar, you're the shepherd. Is this really necessary? Oscar, I'm an old woman with very few pleasures in life. I haven't got long left, and I happen to like Christmas. Do you really want to ruin what might be my last Christmas? And jeopardise your substantial inheritance? No, Aunt Myrtle. I'll be your shepherd. Kneel, Josephine. Hello, everyone. What are you up to? You arrive in the nick of time, Vinny. You stand here as Joseph. Now, you all imagine this doll here is Jesus. And these are your scripts. I'm a king, by the way. Let's read through it to start with. Actually, could I just quickly pop to the bathroom? I've just sat in a car for six hours. No interruptions, please. If you've managed six hours, you can surely cope with another ten minutes. Right, let's get started. It's your go, Sherry. Oh, Joseph, look at our baby. Isn't he cute? I'm so glad you found this cosy stable in the end. You're such a good provider, and you'll be such a good father. I just know it. Yes, dear. Hang on, Joseph wasn't Jesus' father. No, he wasn't. Mary had an immaculate conception, remember? Immaculate conception? Nonsense! I thought no one in their right mind bought that fairy tale rubbish these days. Yes, of course, but that's how the story goes. If you're allowed to change that, then can I be a princess instead of a sheep, please? Stay where you are. I've only changed the obviously ludicrous bits. I'm quite certain there were sheep. Can we continue now, please? <clears throat> yes, dear. And you're the loveliest and best mother in the whole wide world. Look, Joseph, there's a shepherd coming in our direction, and a sheep. Hail ye, O Lord, Son of God. Bah. Behold, we brought you a special baby grow made from my own sheep's wool. They didn't have baby grows then. Why ever not? Are you just willfully sabotaging my show? Let's just get through with this, everyone, please. 
Thank you, dear Shepherd. How kind of you. Shepherd, are you saying I'm too poor to provide for my own son and need to beg for a baby grow from other people? Oh, no. That was not my meaning. <laughs> then why are you giving this baby grow to my wife? It's for him, the son of God. It's very nice, thank you. Ah, I get it. This is your way of seducing my wife, isn't it? Aunt Myrtle, I think you're getting things a bit mixed up here. Philly, stop interrupting the flow. Look, Joseph, over there in the distance. Is that a king heading our way? I'm King Balthazar. I bring you Mer, O son of God. What the hell are they all on about? He's my son, isn't he? Isn't he? Of course he is, darling. I don't know any gods. Or could it be that you're lying? Did you commit adultery, whore? You deserve to be stoned. No, of course not. I know no other man but you, my rightful husband. I swear to God. Him again! I've had enough. I'm off. You can bring up your bastard on your own with all those gifts you're getting from strange men. Goodbye. No, Joseph, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come, all ye strange men, with your million presents. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye, feed Jesus and I. Oh, come, let us divorce now. Oh, come, let us divorce now. Oh, come, let us divorce now. Be done with it. Can I please go to the bathroom now? I'm absolutely dying. You've ruined my show. I'll disinherit you. We have to go through it all again now. Later, later. Let's have some tea first and let Vinny put his suitcase down and have a break. Sherry, you go back to the children. They've been in bed long enough now. They won't sleep tonight if they nap for too long. Yes, Mrs. Gobblefay. Good to see you, Vinny. Let me carry that upstairs for you. Thanks, Oscar. I'm not happy, Josephine. Definitely not happy. We'll do it again after everyone's had a break. You should have a break too, Myrtle, at your age. <laughs> I don't have time for breaks. I might die any minute. Carpe diem, what do they say? Righty-ho. I'm off to collect the ingredients I ordered at the shop for my yearly Christmas mince pies. I'll be back shortly, so make sure everyone's ready to get baking. Ta-ta! Ah, she's gone. Finally, some peace and quiet. Oscar? Yes? Do you think she'll die soon? Who? Aunt Myrtle? Yes, who else? She's so bloody annoying. You shouldn't wish for these things. But it would be a great relief. <laughs> and we'd finally have enough money not to worry about it constantly. I, I could take up shooting again. Get a new Holland and Holland. And we could get a bigger house with my own private study where I could retire to. Read the newspaper in peace. We could go on holidays several times a year. Proper holidays. We could send the kids to boarding school and summer camps. And with Myrtle out of the house, it would be blissfully quiet and relaxing. Oh, why can't she just drop dead and let us all get on with our lives? Is she gone? What? Who? Myrtle. 
Is it safe now? She's gone out to get mince pie ingredients. Don't get your hopes up. She'll be back soon. Get some rest while you can, old chap. How are you, anyway? How's business? Well, if I'm honest, not that great, actually. <laughs> My art gallery's just gone bankrupt. No. Why? What happened? Just the general economic climate, I suppose. No one wants to buy paintings these days. I sure could do with a patron. Oh, well. Things will perk up again like they always do. Brandy? Now that's a thought. Yes, please. I know it's an awful thing to say, but if Aunt Myrtle did a bit of pushing daisies, that would do a hell of a lot for my art gallery. She's loaded, the old girl. Ah, but Vinny, will she leave you anything? You hardly ever visit her, living in America as you do. We, on the other hand, have to endure her living here with us. I grant you two the lion's share for that. But even just a fraction of her fortune will do me nicely. She likes me. I can tell. Most women do. Hello. I'm Inspector Fumble Quinn. Inspector! Come in, come in. Thank you, Mrs Grobenthwaite. I'm here about the theft that you reported. How awfully good of you to come so quickly, Inspector. I strive to do my best. <clears throat> so then, at what time did you notice the theft? Let me see. It was just after two o'clock that I realised my precious golden star had gone. And when was the last time you saw the stolen object? Just before lunch, so about ten to one. Right, right. And who else was in the house at the time? Just Myrtle and Sherry. But Sherry was upstairs with the children. We have lunch separately, you see, because I couldn't endure the mess they make. Simply by transferring food from their plates into their mouths, I need an entirely calm and relaxed atmosphere to take my meals. Although, having said that, Myrtle's presence isn't altogether conducive to that either. Mm, quite, quite. And uh, your husband? Oscar, yes, he was here too. Or whichever world he lived in at the time, probably one related to his newspaper. I notice more than you think. And that person over there... Hello, Inspector. Fumblequin. Inspector Fumblequin. My name's Vinnie Goldspink. As a matter of fact, I, I've arrived just recently, and I didn't even know there'd been a theft. My golden star that goes on the Christmas tree, Vinnie. The heirloom that has been brought forward through countless Luxembourgish generations, and that is my last connection with my lost family. I'm the last surviving branch... Or should I say, twig? That's dreadful news. Whoever would steal such a thing? Well, somebody did steal it, and I will find the culprit. Never you worry, Mrs Grubbenthwaite. Uh, one more thing, though. Could any outsider have come into the house at any time? No. The front door was locked. Windows? They are always locked. Did you let anyone into the house? Ken, probably. Oh, yes, that's right. Ken the courier delivered a parcel. What was it? An original Luxembourgish Christmas stollen that I ordered from a traditional bakery in Luxembourg. It will be delicious. Isn't that essentially the same as a loaf of bread with raisins in? Oscar, you ignoramus. Oh, I despair. 
Was this Ken left on his own at any point? No, and he would never steal anything. He's almost family. You can say that again. Ken the courier, parcel for Mrs. Gothenbait. Ah, that must be the new toilet brush. What's wrong with the old one? Oscar, it's practically decomposing. Mr. Ken, do you remember seeing a golden star on top of the tree here when you delivered the parcel around lunchtime? Ooh, I'm not sure. Possibly, but I couldn't say. I don't notice such things, you see. Thank you. I'll be off then. Righty-ho, back again. Got everything we need. Josephine, you get started on the pastry. Oscar and Vinny, you can wash up the cutters and find the baking trays in the meantime. I shall leave you all to it. Uh, you won't be disappointed, Mrs. Grobenthwaite. <laughs> My fate is in your hands, Inspector. What did he want? Well, never mind. Where is my other baking assistant? Cherry? 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 Yes? Come down to the kitchen and give us a hand baking mince pies. Oh, my stolen! My stolen has been stolen! Help! Calm down, it'll be somewhere. Can you see it, Oscar? No. Because we have a thief in our house. A very hungry thief, it seems. <laughs> Stolen, foreign flimflam. We will make mince pies now. Off we all go into the kitchen. My stolen can't be gone. It can't be just gone. There must be crumbs at least. Josephine, I am waiting. Cursed old bat. That evening, the Grobenthwaites and their nanny sit down for tea and eggnog. A delicious smell of freshly baked mince pies is floating through the house. I love my mince pies, and didn't we have such a lot of fun making them? Yes. yes. Enjoy. What a wonderful Christmassy day we all had. And tomorrow it'll be even more festive. Christmas Day is my favourite day of the year. As I'm not getting any younger, I was thinking we could have more Christmas days during the year. Wouldn't that be lovely? You mean like in summer or spring? No, dear. I mean at least once every month. <gasps> a little pretend Christmas just so I won't miss out with the short amount of time I have left. Aunt Myrtle, surely in heaven it's Christmas every day. Vinnie, I would have supposed you to be more realistic and scientifically minded. There is, of course, no heaven. That's all religious nonsense. Myrtle, Christmas itself is a religious festival, remember? Is that what they taught you at school? You should take that with a pinch of salt, dear. The teachers don't always know best. Bon appetit, everyone. Enjoy your heathen mince pies to Aunt Myrtle. Now, let's all sing together. 
to take it easy at her age. Now look, she's fainted. Perhaps our singing displeased her. She's dead. Dead? dead? Can you try and resuscitate her? I'm afraid it's too late for that. Well, I suppose it's what we were all wishing for. True. Quite good timing as well. Now we can just have a relaxing day tomorrow. Bliss. As much as you can relax with a body under your roof. But isn't it strange that she just dropped dead like that? Good point. And in fact, I did not fail to notice that her half-eaten mince pie is marked with a cross. A cross? What are you trying to say? Without jumping to conclusions, it would seem that the cross might have been added by someone to set this pie apart from all the others. But why? Is there something wrong with it? We should give it to Inspector Fumblequin to test. Oh, you can't be serious, Vinny. You aren't trying to suggest that Aunt Myrtle was poisoned. That's what the evidence is pointing towards. What are you, an amateur sleuth or what? You're ruining the happy moment, Vinny. Sorry, that wasn't my intention. Let's stay merry. Cheers! Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy... Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. I need to give that inspector a ring. Hello, Inspector? Fumblequin, yes. Could you come round again? Uh, well, a murder. <laughs> Thank you. Vinny, what did you have to do that for? He's right, Josephine. It should be reported. If nothing else, they'll take the body off our hands. Oh, I couldn't sleep tonight with her down here. I could keep you company. Uh, no, thank you, sir. You were quick to come, Inspector Fumblequin. Oh, I have a sixth sense for criminal activity and I was keeping myself in the neighbourhood. Even on Christmas Eve? Villains, no, no holidays, sir. <laughs> have you no wife to spend the festive days with, Inspector? As a matter of fact, I'm uh, unattached to Mrs. Grobenthwaite. And if you were as well, I would have no reservations in asking you out for dinner. <laughs> now, exactly what sort of delinquency has defiled this household? It seems that Aunt Myrtle was killed by this presumably poisoned mince pie. Presumably, eh? Hmm. I see you have protected the potential evidence. Yes, of course. I thought you might want to test it. Quite, quite. Now then, I still need to ask you all a few questions. When was the old lady killed? Just seconds before we called you, Inspector. Well, in all honesty, we first sang a song. What? Uh, nothing, Inspector. <laughs> My husband has had far too much brandy. 
You should interview him tomorrow morning. Has the body been moved at all? Not an inch. I'm just thinking of something else. I need to report another theft, Inspector. Yes? My treasured Luxembourgish Christmas stolen was stolen not long after you left this afternoon. Josephine, should we not get back to Aunt Myrtle's murder? The vanished stolen seems relatively inconsequential in comparison. Inconsequential? Inconsequential? Or maybe to you it seems inconsequential. Now, now, I've taken a note of the theft, so don't you get upset, Mrs. Grobenthwaite. I will find your stolen and your star. But I do still have a few questions in relation to the poisoning, however. Did anyone in this house have a motive for killing the old lady? <laughs> Not that I can think of, Inspector. We all liked her immensely and wished her no harm. But she... But she... She left the kitchen window open, I remember, while we were making the mince pies this afternoon. Anyone could have reached in or even climbed in and poisoned that pie. There were moments when no one was in the kitchen. Aha! Aha! Now this is a very important piece of information. Well done for remembering, Mrs. Gwobbenthwaite. <laughs> if someone from outside had poisoned that mince pie and marked it with a cross, how could that person have ensured that the pie was eaten by the right person? Mr... Goldspink. Mr. Goldpink, you are overcomplicating things, but I will make a note of your concern and include it in my investigation. How kind. It looks to me like some devilish rogue who was jealous of the festive celebrations of a respectable family invaded the kitchen and placed some poison into one mince pie, marked it with a cross, and then disappeared into the foggy Christmas evening. However, just to make sure, I shall have this mince pie tested by their emergency homicide unit, and I will also send a policeman to remove the body this evening. I will see you all tomorrow morning for further investigation. Leaving the trail to cool down? Mr Goldrink, rest assured, no miscreant has yet escaped my net of meticulous criminal investigation. Mrs Grubbenthwaite, you get some rest and don't worry. And also find my star and my stolen? I promise you I will. Sleep tight. Good night, Inspector. I should be very surprised if that Inspector solves as much as a crossword puzzle. He seems awfully clever to me. I wonder what the will says. The will? Do you know where it is? She used to keep it folded up in her purse. How do you know that? I saw her scribble into it several times and think aloud while I was reading my paper. What was she saying? I don't know. I was reading the paper. Oscar, you're useless. Where's that purse? Under a pillow. The kids found it once and Myrtle was awfully annoyed. I'll get it right away. Oh, I hope she doesn't wake up the children. How old are they now? Two and four. Holy Pope. And I've never even met them. Josephine doesn't like them around much. They're too noisy, she says. Here it is. I bequeath one half of my fortune to my nephew, Oscar Harold Grobenthwaite, and the other half to my other nephew, Vincent Emil Goldspink. She doesn't even mention my name, ungrateful old prune. All my material goods are to be put in storage and halved between Gulliver and Alice Grobenthwaite upon their 18th birthdays. What? Her 
mothballs and lavender tissue paper. What blimmin' use will they be to the children? You know what, Oscar? This makes you and me the prime suspects. What? I thought some ne'er-do-well poisoned the pie through the window. I'll get it. Good evening, everyone. I'm sorry to arrive so late. What a cosy sitting room you have. It's lovely here. Oh, the Christmas tree is sublime. And you are? Oh, hello. I'm Kitty Fay. What a heavenly creature you are. Allow me to kiss your delicate hand. You remind me of the native kinkus in their little corner of the Northwest Andes. They count some of the most charming men among them, and they've developed the ritual of kissing hands into a real art. They were a bit smelly, though. Do you travel a lot? I've been around the world 13 times. I love travelling. It's the best there is. So, dear, what exactly brings you here tonight? Myrtle invited me. She's such a charming old dear. Look, here's the invitation she sent me. I am so indebted to you, Kitty, the best carer I ever had, and would love you to spend Christmas within the bosom of my dear family. Carer? Are you medically trained? Yes, I'm a pharmaceutical nurse, actually. I was Myrtle's carer on her holiday in Madeira. Stunning scenery, magnificent hotel. Madeira? What, three years ago? Yes, that's right. You certainly made an impression on her, which is entirely understandable. You're such a lovely, beautiful creature. Thanks. Mr... Goldspink. But call me Vinny. Myrtle also sent me this, although I don't quite understand why. A will? To Miss Kitty Fay, who cared for me so lovingly on my holiday in Madeira, I bequeath... My entire fortune! What? You... you... Calm down. Let's not get hysterical quite yet. You should look at the dates. Dates? On the wills. Would you like to take your coat off, Miss Faye? Call me Kitty. Ah! There's a body behind the armchair. Oops. We forgot to mention that Myrtle has kicked the bucket. <laughs> She's dead, child. Dead. Look at how pale and rigid she has gone already. Don't be cruel, Josephine. Kitty, let's get a breath of fresh air, shall we? I knew it! Hers is dated November this year. Ours is from two years ago. The witch, Oscar. The gnarly old witch. She's conned us out of our money. It might be a forgery. Uh, could I be excused, Mrs. Gwobbenfwaite? I'd quite like to go to bed now. Quite enough excitement for me. Go on, Sherry. I don't need you. No need to hide your disgusting ogling, Oscar. I know you'd rather spend the night in her bed. What makes you think that? I'm not stupid. The only reason I don't intervene when you stare at her bosom is that I'm simply not bothered about it. You pathetic man. Well, I guess I'll be off to bed then as well. I hope he finds the right door. Well, I suppose that's it for tonight, then. Vinny can take care of that unwelcome creature, Kitty. I'm off to bed. Ooh. It really is rather chilly outside. Everyone seems to have gone to bed. We have the living room to ourselves, my beautiful lady. What a charming man you are. 
I never knew Myrtle had such a nice nephew. <laughs> and I never knew she had such a divine carer. You are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And so kind and generous and wonderful. And you're so manly and handsome. And your accent makes my knees go all wobbly. Likewise. <coughs> 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 An uneasy sleep washes over the Grobenthwaite's house and jostles everyone around in their beds. Did I say beds? Not everyone seems to be in bed. Vinnie and Kitty have fallen asleep in each other's arms on the sofa. And now Vinnie gently eases himself out of Kitty's embrace to pop to the kitchen for a glass of water. sheet and carrying a chain. Why are you carrying a chain? Yes, why exactly am I carrying a chain? Myrtle, what happened to you? The last thing I remember is singing a jolly Christmas carol. Now look at me! I'm turning green! What a bloody nuisance this is. I was so looking forward to Christmas Day. I should have introduced my one Christmas Day a month policy years ago. Are you all right, Kitty? Is someone trying to harm you? Don't be silly, Vinny. Would your old aunt harm anyone? I am the one who was harmed. Look at me. I'm moldering away here. I'm sure that's mildew under my fingernails. Aunt Myrtle? But, but... She's come back as a ghost. Ah. We should try and help you return to your peaceful grave. Don't bother, Vinny. I was never one for peace. No. Now... Why did you come back as a ghost, Aunt Myrtle? Ah, of course. To find your killer. I was killed? You didn't mention that before. What scoundrel would kill me? And how? With a poisoned mince pie, in all probability. Poisoned mince pie? That is the most disgusting way to kill an old lady who's very fond of Christmas, actually. The beast, the swine, the Come back, my revenge will be unspeakable! Calm down, Aunt Myrtle, and stop the racket. First, we have to solve the mystery. We should use our brains for that, don't you think? I think you might alert the murderer. Hold back just for one day to give me some time to look into the matter. Then you can go wild. Yes. Let them bask in their safety for a bit. The killer will give himself away, I'm sure. Or herself. Or herself. You are lucky that you've always been my favourite nephew, Vinny. You have one day. 
But I might not be able to resist scaring a few of them. No! At least make yourself invisible. <laughs> there. Look. She's gone. Myrtle? Myrtle? I hope she'll be sensible. I don't think that was one of her attributes. Do you know her well? Not that well. She reminds me of that little community in the Austrian Alps called Kleine Socker Nebelschwaden. The villagers are obsessed with Christmas and even have reindeer races regularly throughout the year. Just like Myrtle, they were extremely unyielding in all their little whims, and no outsider could bear to stay in the village for longer than an hour. They are all a bit smelly, though. That sounds like Aunt Myrtle, all right. I'm still not clear why she invited you, and why she left you all her money. Does she have a lot of it? Oh, don't you know? Myrtle used to be a hard-nosed investor in her day and made millions. Why would she leave all that to me? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Not that you don't deserve all the money in the world, you loveliest of all lovely ladies. It certainly is a very kind thing for her to have done. Sure is quiet now. Silent night, haunted night. All is calm, all is bright. Only I am allowed to go wild. My existence so cruelly defiled. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Now, Myrtle, leave us alone, hmm? Let's be off to bed, my darling. It's very late. Oh, good idea. I'm sure tomorrow will be a complicated day. Oh! <laughs> what a relief I wrote more than one will. It feels so good to have disappointed those greedy leeches and to be here to witness it all. I only hope that bloody Inspector Nincompoop is not assigned to my case or I shall have to find my own killer. It's early morning on Christmas Day at the Grobenthraits. Josephine is already busying herself with rearranging the decorations on the Christmas tree. She notes with satisfaction that Myrtle's body has been removed. But then... No! Why, Stolen! Why, Stolen, it's back! And someone has bitten into it, the monster! What, what happened now? My stolen Vinny. It's been bitten into. Well, at least it's reappeared. Yes, and utterly violated it is. Oh, if I catch that ruffian, I will pluck his eyeballs out, or hers. How strange. I've never come across a household where so many things disappear at Christmas, and on top of that, someone is poisoned. Except perhaps the people of one of those very secluded Scottish isles... The name quite escapes me now. 
where they have nothing better to do than pillage each other's houses in their spare time. Otherwise quite lovely people, even if they do smell quite a bit. Oh, spare me your traveller's tales, Kitty. Look at you two. You've mixed up your socks. You... you must have slept together last night. Straight into the heiress's bed, aren't you, Vinnie? Actually, it was my bed. Well, your guest bed, actually. Unbelievable. Vinnie, I thought you a better man. Hello, everyone. Got a bit of a headache this morning. How are you all? Ah, I see Myrtle's been removed. Good. Good. Is this yesterday's paper? Oscar, before you get all comfortable, two things. Look at my Stolen. Has it turned up, then? I told you it would. It's half eaten. You can have all the rest. I'm not a big Stolen fan. That's hardly the point. And look at Kitty and Vinnie's socks. They're wearing socks. What colour? Black. And? Pink. Notice anything else? They've no holes in them. What colour are Vinnie's socks? Pink. That's a bit unusual, I suppose. Just a bit? Do you know what happened? They slept together in a state of undress and mixed up their socks. You're going where the money is, Vinny. And now that I start to think about it, Kitty, you could well have poisoned Aunt Myrtle. Me? I wasn't even in the house when it happened. You're going too far, Josephine. Anyone can see that Kitty is innocence personified. Ah, pure and innocent enough to sleep in a strange man's bed? Can the courier? Yes, I know who you are. I have a parcel for... It's for Myrtle. You know each other, Kitty? Miss Kitty, that's right. We got talking at the Museum of Agricultural Remembrance yesterday morning, didn't we? You told me all about that almost forgotten Tibetan tribe that have the most advanced agricultural machinery, while us Europeans were still stuck in the Stone Age. Fascinating stuff. Uh, yes. You were in the vicinity yesterday morning. You made us believe you only arrived here in the evening. Well, that changes things somewhat. Hmm. Ta-ta! So, Kitty, you innocent little thing, you were nowhere near that open kitchen window yesterday afternoon, I'm sure. I wasn't. I spent all day in Little Ditchingham looking at the museum and sampling various types of local chutney. Are the Little Titches known for their chutney? No, Oscar, they're not. Horsepucky, Josephine, you're just looking for a scapegoat. Don't take it to heart, my little sugar plum. Good morning. I hope you don't mind me letting myself in the door. It was unlocked. No, of course not, Inspector. You're practically family. It's getting that way. Well, perhaps I will have to invite you for dinner sometime, even though you're attached. Don't take any notice of him, Inspector. Now then, I will have to ask a few more questions about the incident last night. There's another pressing issue. The stolen Stolen turned up this morning. The Stolen was mutilated. Look, here it is. 
Interesting. It looks like some tramp managed to get into the house, wrap their lips around your tenderest delicacies, Mrs. Grobenthwaite. <laughs> the rascal shall not escape. Hang on a minute. Those teeth marks are very small. It looks very much like a child has eaten that stolen. That's entirely your own conjecture, Mr. Goldspank. <clears throat> We should ask Sherry what the children got up to yesterday. I'll get her. It could have been a member of the Ratutu tribe in deepest Africa. I noticed on my latest Africa trip that they have tiny teeth. They use them to chisel the most astonishing artifacts from Lemonwood down to the most detailed figurines that they carry around their necks. And they're all a bit smelly, no doubt. Yes, they are actually. Good morning, everyone. Sherry, look at this half-eaten stolen. Do you think the kids might have done that? I did notice Alice and Gully were awfully reluctant to eat their dinner last night, and they had strange crumbs around their mouths, even though I hadn't given them any cake. Could the kids have eaten the stolen, Sherry? Now that you say it so bluntly, yes. Gully was hiding something behind his back when I went into their playroom yesterday. He could have crawled into the living room and removed the stolen yesterday afternoon. He could have done, little monkey. <laughs> Sherry, it's down to your incompetence as a nanny that my stolen is now half gone. Uh, I'm dreadfully sorry, Mrs. Grobenfray. It won't happen again. Never you mind, Sherry. We're glad to have you here. Those little accidents happen sometimes. <laughs> Off you go then, Sherry. Back to your work. Of course, Mrs. Grobenfray. Sorry about the stolen. <laughs> Mrs. Grobenthwaite, now that I've solved this little mystery, let's concentrate on the murder. You've solved it? I had that mince pie tested. It was indeed poisoned, like I suspected. What kind of poison? Cyanide, which is not an easily obtainable substance. Not easily obtainable for most people, but I can think of one person who could get hold of it without much trouble. And who is that, Mrs. Grobenthwaite? Kitty! You said yourself that you are a pharmaceutical nurse. Is that true? Uh, yes. Come on now, that doesn't mean anything. Medically qualified people don't go on a constant killing rampage just because they can get hold of poisons. This is a ridiculous accusation. Don't worry, my sweetheart. I won't let them bully you. Kitty was also in the vicinity when we made the mince pies yesterday afternoon, weren't you, Kitty? I was in Little Teachingham, like I said. Good, good. We have a motive. We have an opportunity. What more can we ask for? How about facts? Well, I'm sure the lady will confess sooner or later. Won't you, love? No, because I am utterly innocent. And you're quite upsetting me, Inspector Fumblequin. You remind me of the Mongolian foothill natives. They were a bunch of assholes, And they smelled bad, too. You have a vivid imagination, Miss Faye. However, it won't get you out of the scrape you're in. Well done, Inspector. I knew you wouldn't disappoint me. <laughs> Call me Mick. Oh, Mick, what a lovely name. Private Dick, my aunt. Let's sneak those handcuffs from your pocket and give you a little slap on the head. <laughs> oh, what was that? Who just... What is it, Inspector? I, I, I thought someone... Never mind. <clears throat> Are you ready to confess love? Never! Over my dead body. <gasps> Where's that painting come from? On the sofa, look. Who are those children? They look like our children, don't they? 
Yes. But why are they in this painting? And where did it suddenly come from? This painting was wrapped up just a few moments ago. Ken delivered it earlier, remember? Someone must have unwrapped it while we weren't paying attention. And look, there's a note attached to it. To Oscar and Josephine, a painting of their beloved children. Hang this up above your bed or or I will disinherit you. Merry Christmas. Fat chance of that, old bat. You've already disinherited us. I heard a frightful scream. Is something the matter? No, Sherry. Everyone's fine. Josephine had an encounter with her own children, but she survived. Oh, what a lovely painting. And so lifelike. Oh, don't they look just lovely? Are you going to hang that up in here? I'd rather hang myself with an electrocuted wire than hang a painting of my own children in here. Why, if I want to see them, I just need to go upstairs. I think they'd quite like to see you more often. They will see me when they've learned to speak quietly and keep their sticky fingers and snotty noses off my clothes and furniture. You're harsh, Josephine. What a viper that woman is. This calls for a new will. Let's date it first December this year. My will. I bequeath all my worldly goods and my entire fortune to Sherry Bakewell, Nanny to Alice and Gulliver Grubbethwaite, on the condition and warmest recommendation that she adopt both children and take them away from their evil mother, Mrs. Josephine Grubblethwaite. <laughs> Let's pop you into this envelope. My will. And place you carefully on the fireplace just here. Perfect. This barbaric woman shall not have power over these innocent children. Never liked her anyway. Right, let's get on with this. Time to arrest you, Miss Faye. Now, where did I put my handcuffs? Um, <clears throat> Good thing I removed those in time. Fiddlesticks! I thought I'd put those handcuffs in my pocket this morning, oh bother! I wouldn't have let you put them on my kitty anyway, without a good fight. I will get a colleague to come round this minute and bring a spare pair of handcuffs. Look! Look! There's another will! On the fireplace! Where did that suddenly come from? I didn't know the old lady was such a prolific writer. It's Myrtle's handwriting. I bequeath worldly goods entire fortune to... Sherry Bakewell? What? How? Me? You! You! Well, well. Lucky lady is what I say. Hang on a minute. When is that will dated? First of December this year. It is, as yet, the most recent will we discovered. There could be more scattered around the place, of course. So let's not all get overexcited. So, Sherry... How long have you known about this will, then? But, but I didn't even know that... Uh, stop pretending you're that simple-minded. What? Well, I would say that that clears me of my motive, then. I wouldn't say that. You believed you were a heiress at the time. Look at me. Am I upset about losing out? No. In fact, I'm a little relieved. Money means nothing to me. And me neither. Well, a bit would have been nice to say that art gallery of mine. Oh, 
Darling, you never told me you had an art gallery. How wonderful. Oh, nothing much. My sunshine. Just a little art gallery that went bust. I will help you save it. This case is getting more and more convoluted. I shall have to rethink the clues. Uh, so, what happens next? Do I get to adopt the children? You shall not, you greedy snake. Even if the inheritance must go to charity. But I thought you didn't want to look after them anyway. You can't deny that, Josephine. I could always come and stay with you, Sherry, being the father and all. Again, the courier. We, we know. know. I have a delivery for Mrs. Grothenfate. Oh, I can't be dealing with a book about how to make finger puppets right now. Sherry, have you told them yet? No, Ken, I don't think now is a good time. <clears throat> I would like to announce my engagement to the lovely Miss Sherry Bakewell. What? Sherry? You're engaged to that bore of a man? And he's ugly too. Aha, Ken. So, here you are, marrying the heiress to our aunt's vast fortune and having some children thrown into the bargain. Apart from the children, that's rather a good deal, isn't it? Aunt? Fortune? Children? Excuse me? Sherry, I'm so confused. I'll explain later. Poor Sherry. Poor Ken. While the Grobenthwaites consume their Christmas dinner... The both of them sit on their own in the living room, doleful and glum. Josephine has replaced me with a teenage girl from the village. I bet she's never even seen a nappy. Poor children. How horribly rejected they must feel. Oh, I'm so sorry I burst out with the news. I should have asked you first. Oh, it's fine, Ken. It wouldn't have made any difference. They've made up their minds that I'm the killer. That inspector is going to arrest me, I'm sure, as soon as they finish stuffing themselves with Christmas dinner. Oh, I wouldn't want to eat one more mouthful in this house, what with all the poison about, and a murderer at large. No, and with the darling children in the hands of an inexperienced bimbo, I couldn't swallow a morsel. It so upsets me. Oh, don't cry, <laughs> Sherry. It'll all be OK in the end. <laughs> What a pair of misery guts you are. Oh! Myrtle! We, we thought you were dead. I am, you stupid delivery man. Can't you see? My fingernails are rotting. Sniff the smell of death. <sighs> well, you could be going to a fancy dress party. No, silly man. I'll show you. Oh, oh, okay, 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 I, I believe you. Sherry, they say you poisoned me. Is that true? No, no, of course not. I would never poison anyone. I don't even know how. I can quite believe that. Sherry has fallen victim to a foul conspiracy. I'm rather keen to find out who had the guts to poison me. Woe him, I say. My revenge will be unspeakable. Myrtle? Yes? Why did you leave all your money to me? I never got the impression you liked me that much. Well, I suppose I had to choose the best out of the worst. At least you're good with the children. Well, they like you. So do me a favour and adopt those poor sods, will you? I'd love to, if I'm not arrested. Oh, here comes Oscar. I'd better disappear. <laughs>
You still here? The inspector requested so. You'd better drop her if you know what's good for you. What? Cherry? Why? We have a bit of a thing going, me and her, so you'd better leave her be. Mr. Gwobbenfway, I never... We were getting there, Sherry. I was taking it slowly. You're a bloody hindrance to my plans, Ken, you poo-face. Ah! Are you all right, Oscar? What happened? I ate too much. You mean drank. Come on, old man. Let me, let me help you get up. I need a drink. Time for Christmas cake. I know Myrtle would have wanted us to enjoy her cake. So let's all sit down and have a slice. And here's tea for everyone. After that, I should get on with my investigation. Of course, Inspector. As you wish. Did someone just knock that bauble off the tree? There isn't a child in here, is there? I wouldn't be surprised if the children ran amok with the inadequate supervision they have now. Shut up, Sherry. You're going to leave this house at once after the inspector has finished with you. Here, fill your gob with this cake. No, thanks. Not for me either, thanks. Who says I was going to offer? Now, now, let's all calm down. Let's put our differences aside for a little while so we can enjoy Aunt Myrtle's cake, shall we? Ow! What's wrong, baby? <laughs> There's something hard inside this cake. That's my golden star! My golden star! My lost heirloom! Passed through countless generations of... Luxembourgish ancestors, yes, yes, we know. Oh, don't trivialise my emotions, Oscar. Interesting, very interesting indeed. Hmm. I conclude that the thief who stole the star and put it inside this cake is also Myrtle's murderer. <laughs> I have to disappoint you there, Fumblequin. Myrtle herself baked this cake, remember? Oh, yes. What on earth possessed Myrtle to put my special star inside the cake? I didn't have any coins, Billy. Ah, coins. Uh, Myrtle didn't have any silver coins. That's why she used the star as a substitute. And how do you know this? Well, isn't it obvious? Pup. Either way, I'm not impressed that the old cow used my star as an ingredient for her mediocre cake. But I suppose the main thing is that my precious golden star has finally reappeared. I think this deserves a little song. Ding dong merrily on high, in heaven my star is blinging. Ding dong merrily the sky, in golden light is glinting. Gloria to all things Luxembourgish. Gloria to all things Luxembourgish. I know it sounds spooky, but I thought I could hear Myrtle sing along with us. <laughs> Now, the second mystery has been solved. We can really concentrate on the main crime. I would like to ask a few questions. Dear Inspector, fire away. I would like to know who placed the will that names Miss Bakewell as Harris on the fireplace and when. I would say the culprit is either the person who profits by the will, so Miss Bakewell here, or Ken, or someone who is against the idea of Miss Kitty Fay inheriting... And isn't it strange that Ken has proposed to Miss Bakewell just days after the new will was written? 
I find it exceedingly strange that Ken has proposed to Sherry at all. He's obviously gay. <gasps> he pouts his lip, he's limp-wristed, he minces and he adjusts his hair far too often. Of course. He's gay. I always knew there was something amiss. Sherry, you must be seeing reason now. You can't very well marry a gay. Leave Mark Kenny alone. You know, it did strike me that Ken acted very camp. But he might have his own reasons for marrying Sherry. He has his own reasons, all right. He wants the money. That's what he wants. It all falls into place very nicely now. Gay Ken discovers a will in Sherry's room. He knows she has a crush on him. He begins his operation of seduction. Sherry falls for him. He proposes. She accepts. He sits back and waits for his millions. Only he has made one mistake. He hasn't accounted for my detection skills. Criminal overthrown, and I didn't forget my handcuffs this time. But, but Inspector, I never knew about the will. No, stop handcuffing my big man, Inspector. I hereby arrest you, Ken the Courier, and you better step back, young lady, or I will arrest you. I won't let them put you in prison, Kenny, I promise. Now, move along, King the Courier, you're coming with me. I'll be out soon, Sherry. I promise. They'll realise their mistake. This way. He's innocent. <laughs> well, my dear, if he's innocent, then you must be the killer. So count yourself lucky you're still here. Shall we open our presents, everyone? There, Evany. That one's for you. This one's for Oscar. This is for Sherry. Oh, cheer up, girl. Stop sobbing and open your present. Ooh, chocolates. This one's for Myrtle. <laughs> She's obviously not here to open it. Ah, and one for me. Oh, no, this one's for Kitty, from Myrtle. Ah. A scarf. Oh, how lovely and soft. Smells a bit funny, there. And there's a tiny one for me. Maybe it's something small and precious. And what's in here? There, disgusting. Summer-coloured bloomers, whose bloody idea was that? Isn't it lovely to be able to relax again now that the killer has been arrested? Such peace, don't you think? I'm not sure Ken is the killer. What do you mean? Who else could it possibly be? Oh, and what have we in this little box here? Oscar, did you get me something shiny and nice? Uh... Ah, an almond! A bloody sugared almond! Could be a magic nut. I'm allergic to nuts. Ah, there's a note. From the mince pie murderer. What? Oh, this is horrendous. I need to sit down. Call the inspector, someone. And get me some water, quick. I think I'm fainting. Don't worry, Josephine. That almond's from me. <gasps> we found the real murderer. No, no, I'm not the murderer. But, Vinnie, why did you write that message? You really scared her. My plan was to shock Josephine. I had a small suspicion that I needed to confirm. Which is? I occasionally noticed a strange inflection in Josephine's Luxembourgish accent. Inflection? Are you a linguist as well now? I know a few real Luxembourgers, actually. I know they're rare, but I've made a few business trips to their country not too long ago. And I can sure say that Josephine here has a certain twang in her English that none of those Luxembourgers have. Vinny, what are you trying to suggest? When you had the shock with the nut just now, you forgot about your fake accent for a few seconds, and I could clearly identify the enunciation of a far butterstone local. Far butterstone. Never heard of it. It's made up. It's a little town in the Yorkshire Dales, 
and its largest building is an orphanage called St. Clement's on the Cliff. And you, Josephine, grew up there as an orphan. Ridiculous! Whoever gave you such nonsensical ideas? The mother superior at St. Clement's herself. I spoke to her on the phone this morning. That's absurd! There is... Another clue to your identity? I'd like to hear that. When I bit into your golden star, I noticed that it wasn't made of gold at all. Not even golden leaf. Tommy Rot, Vinnie, it's 18 carat. It has made in Taiwan written on it. Someone must have scribbled that on there. I don't remember it. Aha, no Luxembourgish heirloom then. So, if you're not really from Luxembourg and the star is a fake... Why kick up all this fuss about ancestors and heirlooms? It's true. I did grow up in an orphanage in Yorkshire. I lived there for the first 16 years of my life. And I hated every minute of it. Is that a crime? Oh, poor Mrs. Gwobbenfright. Don't cry. You poor, poor thing. What happened to your parents? Did they die? I don't know. I were found by a stream in the Dales. Why didn't you ever tell me, Josephine? I didn't think you'd have me otherwise, Oscar. Who wants an orphan these days? I don't think that would have made one jot of difference to me. There was another, far more pressing reason to hide your identity. Whatever are you talking about, Vinny? Here I am, back again. Back to wrap up the notes on Ken's arrest. They're upsetting me, Inspector. You're suddenly talking northern, Mrs. Grobenthwaite. Are you not feeling very well? We have just established that Josephine is not Luxembourgish at all, but grew up in an orphanage up north. I shall be the judge of that, Gold Think. Now then, now then, Mrs. Grobenthwaite, sit yourself down. I won't let anyone get at you. Thank you, Inspector. It is true. I did grow up in an orphanage up north. And it were awful. Poor Mrs. Grobenthwaite. Why ever hide such a terrible thing? I would have understood you. I'm an orphan myself, you know. You are? Oh, yes, indeed. (sighs) My legs suddenly feel so heavy. My parents died in a terrible bus accident when I was just two. And there was no other family to look after you? Well, there would have been, but they were all on the bus. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I can't get up. My legs feel so heavy. Something's wrong here. Everyone? Oscar, at a moment like this, how selfish of you. Oscar, you clumsy lump. Ah! Ah! Oh, oh, at exactly the wrong moment. You try and stay invisible with your thrilled off an armchair with a grown-up drunk on top of you. Invisible? Were you sitting on my lap? Hang on a minute. What exactly is going on in this house? I was told you were dead, old lady. I am bleeding dead, you fumble quinn. Are you suggesting you're a ghost? Yes, you stupid idiot. Now you're insulting an officer of the law, old lady. Try and arrest a ghost, you dimwit. Did you know about her, Vinnie? Yes, I saw Aunt Myrtle last night. So did Kitty. I saw her too at lunchtime. Why the bloody hell did no one mention this to me? I am the man of this house. What? Man? Why don't we get down to it now that I'm here and figure out which bugger killed me? I say that's a good idea. I have assembled most little clues here and there in my head and I have a very strong theory as to who the real killer is but I'm missing one little piece of information. Perhaps Myrtle could help. 
Who's leading this investigation, Goldblink? You useless sneaky-poop have had plenty of time to do your investigation. Let someone else do the thinking. But Myrtle... The killer has already been arrested. You're right, Mrs. Grobenthwaite. People here are so confusing, I'd almost forgotten. <laughs> but Kenny is innocent. What a muddle this all is. Why don't you tell us what you know and enlighten us all, my honey bunch? I will, my little peach pie. Mm. Mm. Get on with it then, you soppy sods. <clears throat> the vital question, to which I have no conclusive answer, is this. Which one of you marked the fatal mince pie with the cross? Why, I did, of course. I thought so. What? You're so clever, my sweetie pie. Why would Myrtle do that? So I'd know which pie had the creme de both in, of course. Creme de what? What a vulgarian you are, Oscar. I love mince pies with creme de both. Only that scatterbrained Josephine here had forgotten to buy a fresh bottle, and when it came to it, there was only enough left. One pie. I told you well off for that. Don't you remember? Yes. Hang on a minute. Does that mean Josephine knew about the cross and the creme de something? Oh, yes. So? How convenient for you that you knew exactly which mince pie Myrtle had reserved for herself. I dare say you made sure there would only be enough creme de month for one. You! You beast of a woman! You put the poison in there. Did you? Mrs. Grobenthwaite, oh, I can hardly believe it. I knew about the creme de month. That don't make me a murderer. Why would I want to kill Myrtle? Because she dumped you by a river in the Dales as a baby. <gasps> Ain't it true, Myrtle, that you had an illegitimate baby nearly 40 years ago and that the father left you, so you decided to get rid of your offspring? Yes. He was a complete bastard, that fellow. Promised the heaven that I ever been. Disappeared as soon as he knocked me up, revolting man. Where exactly did you leave the baby? In the Yorkshire Dale, somewhere. <gasps> I was never one to bring up children. When I arrived yesterday, I couldn't help but observe a striking resemblance between Josephine and Aunt Myrtle. Similar facial features, similar body language. In fact, similar personality traits. Oh, yeah. What are you saying, Vinny? <gasps> Your mother and daughter. <gasps> You have the same knobbly knees. I think I need to sit down. I thought I'd gotten rid of you once and for all. <laughs> You're an horrible mother. But, but that means that we're related. It would make you and Josephine first cousins, Oscar. <laughs> Oscar is very particular about that sort of thing. Oh, my God. I... You knew this, of course, Josephine. Don't know what you're talking about. Help me, Inspector. I'm not feeling so great. Come now, Oscar, old fella. There are plenty of people who marry their first cousins. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Far worse is that Josephine married you for no other reason than that you are her first cousin. She did. When Josephine was finally able to leave the orphanage, she poured all her energy into finding out who her mother was. You knew all along, all these years. She seduced Oscar and married him, and pretended to be of Luxembourgish descent, so it would never occur to anyone that she might be related. She knew that there was a certain physical likeness between her and Aunt Myrtle. She then waited for an opportunity to take her revenge. You think you can get away with dumping your own child like that, mother? 
I did choose a good spot. I left a note at the orphanage for them to find you. Don't call me heartless, you ungrateful creature. You're a monster. I had other things to do than raising a child. I had a business that needed nurturing. And don't forget, girl, your father had run off. So you decided to run off as well. In a way. But does that mean you have to go and poison me? I didn't poison you. Mrs. Grobenthwaite, I would love to believe you. It's true. I did all that Finley said. And I planned to kill her for years. The orphanage had old soldiers' uniforms stacked in the cellar from back in the war. And I found a little brass cylinder in one of them when the nuns had locked me in there one night. You poor little thing. I hid that cylinder and later found out that inside was a cyanide capsule. I decided to poison my mother with it one day. Oh, dear Josephine, what a determined young lady you are. I knew Myrtle would insist on her mince pie with creme de menthe, so I made sure there'd be only enough for one pie. I suggested to her to mark the pie with a cross so that no one else would eat it accidentally. I had the cyanide ready, dissolved in the creme de menthe. But when the moment arrived, when the mince pies were sitting there open-topped, I couldn't get myself to do it. Oh, dear God. I asked Oscar to pour the mix into the mince pie. He were drunk any road. You turned me into a murderer. You were clearly not aware of it, Oscar. No one will count that against you. That's it. I will never drink another drop. Sorry, Oscar, for using you. Now, Inspector Fumblequin, could I have Mark Kenny back? Yes, Fumblequin. Time to admit your error and release the poor man. I was simply misled, Gold Tink. Misled. What a hero you are, my Vinnie. Yes, Mopkins. Yes. Set the man free. At once. I will have to arrest the real culprits now, I'm afraid. Culprits? Are you counting me in? Whether purposely or not, you are the one who laced the mince pie with poison, Mr. Grobenthwaite. I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. Grobenthwaite, and I know you really didn't commit the crime with your own hands, and I know that you grew up as a lonely orphan at the hands of pitiless nuns in a desolate orphanage, and I know that you are no more sinned against than sinning. Oh, Inspector, how poetic you are. And I would have loved to have taken you out for dinner, and I will visit you every day, more than once, should you end up in prison. Unjustly, I might add. Just a moment, Fumble Quinn. What now? I don't think it's right you should arrest them. You can't throw Oscar into prison for a start just because he's a dumb cat's paw. Let the jury decide on that one. You are such an indoctrinated little man, aren't you? I know when I'm wrong, and I was wrong to dump my daughter next to a religious orphanage. I should have chosen a couple of nice parents for her and have her properly adopted. But alas, the follies of youth... Aunt Myrtle, that's magnanimous of you. I am not loath to admit my share of guilt in the whole affair. Had I been in Josephine's situation, I would have done exactly the same. Only that I would have squirted the poison into the pie myself. That's the spirit. Exactly like the native Quellabastia. Shut up, Kitty. I think what you should do, Inspector is to let these poor, confused people go and blame the entire thing on my well-planned and generous suicide. Josephine, admit your failure with your own children. You 
and now my grandchildren bless them. And let Cherry here adopt them. Gladly. What about my code of morals, old lady? You can't disregard the law. I will haunt you for the rest of your days and make your existence a misery if you arrest these two people. Look at it this way, Nick. You can now take me out for dinner as much as you want. Well, the temptation is great, my dear. Have a fumble, Quinn. I certainly don't want my first cousin... <laughs> well, all right. Just this once, I will turn a blind eye to the delinquent behaviour and bow to the villainous threats made before me. That must be my Kenny. I'm so glad you're back, Kenny, my angel. Oh, now we can get married at last. I don't understand you, Sherry. He's gay. He likes boys. Actually, no. I like girls. And... I used to be one myself. Oh. 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 Inspector, a piece of paper and a pen, please. What for? I need to write a new will. But, but, but that, that's entirely illegal. You're not allowed to write wills once you're dead. Rubbish. I bequeath half of my liquid assets to Sherry Bakewell and Ken the Courier, on condition that they adopt my grandchildren, and the other half to... my beloved nephew, Vinny Goldspink. That's for solving the murder case, Vinny. Thank you, Aunt Myrtle. That's very generous of you. In addition to this, I want all my jewellery to be sold and the proceeds to go towards... Oscar Grobenthwaite's anti-alcoholic therapy. Thank you, Aunt Myrtle. Finally, I acknowledge that Josephine Grobenthwaite is my biological daughter, whom I abandoned when she was a mere baby. I apologise and bequeath her my business, which is to run from now on. I think you'll do well at that, Josephine. I'm sure I will. Dated 24th December... Done and dusted. Here, Vinny, you make sure that Fumble Quinn doesn't interfere with this. <laughs> sure, Aunt Myrtle. Right, everyone. The time has come for me to bid my farewells. I have avenged my murder and have no more reason to haunt you. But remember, Fumble Quinn, if you try and get all legal, I'll be back in a jiffy. How about one last song before you go? Pleasure, my dears. Good, Good Aunt Myrtle's murderer has been found by Vinnie, and we found the slaughterer more sinned against than sinning. Mother, daughter reconciled, what a joyful ending. Even the inspector smiles, no more condescending. Sherry and her Ken are glad to be blessed with children. Orphans, they make us so sad, especially if they're northern. Vinny and his kitty now, off to save the gallery. Paintings art we all endow, may it pay their salary. Grandma month is on its way, let us toast together. No more tensions, no dismay, we're all of a feather. Buster the herbs to resist mint intoxication, and henceforth our motto is Yuletide Dedication.
The End You have been listening to Mince Pie Murder by Chantal Scholl, directed by Jack Bowman, with Simon Cruz as the narrator, Sue Casanova as Mrs. Josephine Grobenthwaite, Matt Field as Mr. Oscar Grobenthwaite, Adam Hall as Vinnie Goldspink, Jessica Dennis as Sherry Bakewell, Maggie Robson as Aunt Myrtle, Jack Bowman as Inspector Fumblequim, Faye Downey as Kitty Faye, and Martin Ramsden as Ken the Courier. It was produced by Marielle Runacre-Temple. Mince Pie Murder was recorded at Unity Studios and engineered by Collis Zicarelli. Please visit wirelesstheatrecompany.co.uk for award-winning free radio drama and comedy.